If you're good at something, never do it for free. You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. I bought you. <laughs> All right, welcome back. We are the Podfellas, and thanks for listening to our entertainment podcast. I'm Myron, and joining me each week is Will. How's it going? Each week, we'll provide a film or TV review, followed by a deeper dive into a related topic. Today, we'll be providing a review of Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, directed by J.J. Abrams. And that will be immediately followed by our top six Star Wars films slash TV shows. Why six? Five seemed too little. After all, there is a lot of Star Wars content out there, and ten seemed like it'd be too much. So we kind of narrowed it down to six, a very nice, round, even number there. Yes. 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 Top six. So, Will, how is your weekend? I said, how is your weekend? Because we are recording this episode a little earlier than usual. How are things going? Uh, It's been great. Just did some last minute Christmas shopping, basically. Got a couple of things here and there. And nah, simple. Nothing crazy. So let's go back here. Um, You've literally said that you have been Christmas shopping the last three weeks. Like, how many gifts are you buying? Are you buying gifts for a small (laughs) developing country or something? Yeah, and then, uh, you know, Will and I, you went, we went to dinner last night at a very tasty prime rib restaurant. And, uh, so good. So good. We had uh, carolers come by our table, and uh, they were dressed literally straight out of a, out of a Dickens novel, which was Old pretty school. cool. Yeah, but we wanted, to, <laughs> we wanted them to sing something new school. So what are they saying? They sing us uh, All I Want for Christmas, right? And then one girl, yeah, one girl just went off and just, like, started riffing. She yeah. blew us away. Yeah. And the thing that I wanted to ask you, Will, is at the end of their performance, they kind of lingered for a bit. Did you notice that? Do you think they were waiting for a tip? (laughs) I don't know. Do they? I mean... Well, here's the thing. Last time we were at this restaurant, I asked the waiter. uh, I think it was a waiter, not a waitress. But uh, he said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Don't worry. They're paid very well by the restaurant. So uh, you don't have to tip them. I mean, if you try to tip them, they're not going to refuse. So I mean, they didn't didn't stick out their hand or anything. So, I mean, I I, I figured... (laughs) I, I mean, that would be pretty. <laughs> that'd be pretty rude if they did <laughs> in front of our food, like yeah. while we're trying to eat. Yeah. No, I mean, it, they. I think they were just looking, you know, waiting for an encore or something. And I mean, yeah. I'd say that we showed them much appreciation. Oh so. yeah, absolutely, more than anyone else around us for sure. And uh, you know, with the release of Rise of Skywalker came a release of a bunch of new trailers. So I wanted to go in and ask you what your thoughts were. First, Top Gun Two. What did you think? Nostalgic. Um, I am excited, such a classic, you know, from the original Top Gun and just seeing, obviously it's called Top Gun Maverick. So I kind of wish Goose was in it too, but maybe, maybe there's a hope for a special appearance. Who knows? Uh, but I'm excited. (laughs) Goose is dead, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, is Goose Goose dead? Yes. Goose died. Did he? I can't, you know, it's been a while. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. it's been a while. Let's take a step back. Hold on, let me try that over. Uh, well, maybe in spirit. Maybe in spirit he comes back. I don't know. <laughs> well, um, Miles Teller's in the movie, and he actually plays Goose's son, and his guess what his call sign is? Rooster. Is co- Rooster. <laughs> of course. Right? Tip. Yeah, uh, it would have been better if it was duck. Yeah. <laughs> no, or quail. <laughs> One of those. Or, or pigeon? No. Yes. <laughs> So yeah, it looked great, and uh, you know I watched it uh, on Apple TV, and along with the trailer, they also released a little featurette and how they um, shot some of those scenes. Uh, what I was thinking was that they kind of got away from practical because I'm just like, okay, are they really going to let them fly in the air like that? That would be like, I wonder what the insurance would cost on a movie like this. But they did. All the actors were in the planes. 
they showed that whenever Tom Cruise was riding in the plane, that they strapped all of these, all of these IMX cameras to it. Now I don't know how the hell they were those cameras like stayed on, but yeah, they did it. And they showed like they showed this little montage of actors in the cockpit as they were either passing out or about to throw up because of the G forces. So that was really really cool. And then another trailer that we saw, the trailer for Tenant, written and directed by Christopher Nolan. What were your thoughts? Oh, I I'm definitely excited. I think one of the coolest parts in the trailer uh was when one of the characters was was walking through this this hallway or or this broom and there was bullet holes in the window and he says to the other character like these these bullet holes haven't happened yet and i was like what and all of a sudden you see one of the uh swat team or or some type of intruder come in and basically things are going backwards but forwards it was a mind like a mind f literally and i was just super i'm just super excited to see what yeah. one does with time travel especially with time so there is a few elements from past movie that i kind of saw in this first it was a minority report so it looks like they're trying to stop a crime before it happens um and also source code so i don't know if you remember that movie with yeah. uh, jake, Gyllenhaal. jake Gyllenhaal. uh basically um you know there's a, a train explosion and uh he is reliving this day over and over and over again to try to pick out details or uh, in regards to who was who who set the who set the bomb off so but it seems um, like for this film i i think would be fascinating if he found a if christopher nolan uh actually created this story because when you look at the source code and you look at minority report they're they're events that haven't happened yet but and 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 they're more like envisioned rather than happening yeah. in real time whereas i'm hoping that this film is like it's actually happening yeah but the world they live in is just, it works different. I don't know. Like, yeah. I feel like it's going to be Completely. different that way. And I'm wondering how they shot this thing. Cause we see, you know, there are literally like cars tumbling backwards, things happening in reverse while at the same time, everything around those things happening is happening, you know, in forward regular time. So yeah, I wonder how they shot that. Number two, how that's going to be explained, but uh, just visually it's, I'm it was just pretty awesome. so fascinated. I can't wait. So, uh, looking ahead to our next two episodes, we wanted to tell you that uh, Will and I will be going through our top 10 films of the year. We will be going through um, movies 10 through 6 next week, and that will be immediately followed by movies 5 through 1 the week after. If you have any thoughts, comments, uh, encouragements, uh, go ahead and email us. We have an email now, and uh, you can reach us at thepodfellaspodcast at gmail.com. Compliments to me. And yes. Any complaints straight to Myron's uh, direct email at myronkim at gmail.com. Yeah. Yeah, you can send those complaints to me and I'll forward them to Will's mom. <laughs> <laughs> so she can say, Will, come on, son. <laughs> uh, touche. So she could give you a hard time the way <laughs> loving mothers do. Just kidding. <laughs> so good. Oh, and, uh, you know, our audience has slowly been growing over the last few weeks. So we appreciate the love. Thank you for all the kind words. Thank and the well you wishes. very much. Yes. Thank you all to our listening fan base out there. But uh, if you, uh, you know, wanted to tell others about it and they're asking, uh, where can we listen to the pod fellas? You can download our pods on either the Apple Podcast app, Google Play or Spotify. And uh, we're going to keep expanding our uh we're going to keep expanding our footprint, so we'll be adding uh, a few more apps and a few more places where you can hear our podcast shortly. Much so, appreciation to uh, Myron's uh, huge family. You know, love you all. Yes, <laughs> our fans are not made up of just our family. <laughs> that they're well, uh, really? <laughs> I thought they were. I'm just kidding.
All right. Here is a uh, quick look at the trailer from Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. It's an instinct. fight if we lead them. People keep telling me they know me. No one does. But I do. Long have I waited. And now... Coming together. Is your undoing. What, uh, what are you doing there, 3PO? Taking one last look, sir, at my friends. And that was the trailer for The Rise of Skywalker. The synopsis is, the surviving resistant faces the First Order once more in the final chapter of the Skywalker saga. The end. This is it. Uh, yep, That's the it. end of nine episodes. Nine. Nine. We will have a spoiler-free section and a spoiler section. So, right now, we're going to be talking about the spoiler-free section with some basic, you know, simple questions. Myron, did you enjoy the movie? Yes or no? That's all I need to hear. I'm just kidding. We're going to elaborate. <laughs> did you enjoy the movie? And if you did or did not, tell us why. I really enjoyed the film. Um, I was uh, eagerly waiting to watch this movie. Um, bought my tickets uh, well in advance. And after reading some of the reviews that came out uh, the day before, um, there was a lot of them that were saying that the plot was a bit convoluted and confusing, mm -hmm. that it was mm -hmm. hard to follow. I honestly didn't get that. Um, everything made sense. And uh, when, you know, a character's moved from point A to point B to point C, um, I kind of, I mean, I knew why they were going there. Um, the film moved very, very quickly uh, between worlds and characters. And when new people were introduced, we quickly uh, got their backstory and saw how they fit into the overall plot. Um, so, yeah, I, didn't, I don't think anything... Um, was confusing or uh, took me out of the movie in terms of you know what was happening it was highly entertaining of course uh, this is the end of a nine part movie series and so there's quite a bit of highs uh, and a few lows and i think we can maybe talk about that later but a lot more highs uh, very enjoyable um, you know there were a few uh, inconsistencies and some questions that came up uh, that i feel like the movie just didn't want to slow down to answer mm. um Ultimately, it wasn't, you know, distracting enough to the point where it took me out of the film. But uh, it would be nice if I can get those answers at some point, I guess you could say. But, you know, it wasn't, I don't think, really necessary to enjoying the movie. Really loved Ray in this film. She really comes into her own. And there was a, quite a few surprises that I won't spoil. Uh, a lot of cameos, that uh, a lot of on-screen cameos. And also, there was a, a lot of voices that we heard in the film that uh, were pulled from various movies and TV shows um, in the Star Wars canon. So, yeah, really liked it. How about you, Will? For me, I liked it. It was fun. Uh, but I, I just, for for the end of the saga, I I hoped for of a more epic ending battle scene, I guess. 
it, it just felt a little underwhelming for me. Um, I'm not going to go into detail. I'm not going to go into detail of what that looked like because you guys can obviously judge for yourself. But yeah, I, I just it, it like you know it looked cool, but it just I feel like it just didn't execute well enough. Uh, and the only example I can, the example I can give you that what an epic battle scene for me that I like that really gets my heart racing is like Endgame for the Avengers. Like that that end scene epic battle scene was just awesome, and I felt that Star Wars kind of lacked that momentum for me in that case um it, it, and, and like you said there were certain parts that were a little confusing and and hope that there would be clarity later um there were certain parts also that were kind of exhausting uh, i felt like the story would build but then kind of just drop that with moments that kind of seemed mundane and and I don't know, like scenes where it was kind of like the casino scene in the last uh, Star Wars film where it just didn't. I, I just thought it didn't. This doesn't need to be here. You, I mean, I feel like you're looking at me as if there you have some questions. <laughs> oh, no. I, just, I said something wrong. <laughs> well, how dare could it have been better? Was was the stakes not high enough? I think at the, at the end scene, you know, um, maybe maybe I just had hope I, I expected maybe a lot more out of it I, I i had high expectations maybe that you know how when when that happens when you have high expectations you know you you kind of are setting yourself up for maybe a dis like certain disappointments i shouldn't i should have gone into it without any expectations but i did i don't know why because it was the last film of the saga i just thought i'm really hoping they end it with a big bang you know and mm -hmm. that's where i was like uh that kind of didn't for me so okay yeah All right cool okay anyway so moving on uh myron any favorite performances were there some memorable scenes uh any actors that stood out to you that you just really connected with um once again i think adam driver is having a very good year he was very effective in marriage story and he is uh, quite good here he is very conflicted and that's what he was in the last two movies but it's different here he portrayed that conflict really really well um, I think we'll get a little bit more into that conflict a little bit later. Um, it was great to see Carrie Russell again. I've always been a fan of hers. Um, I, I was so surprised that was her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? I, I mean, okay, I'll give you guys one little thing. We don't really see her face in this. We see her eyes for a bit, but I've always loved her ever since Felicity. I always thought she'd be a bigger <laughs> movie star than she was, but it's great to see J.J. Uh, Abrams bring back his old friends and his old, the old people that he used to work with, you know, JJ Abrams wrote and directed Felicity. He was also the showrunner of Alias. Um, and, uh, Greg Grumberg, who is one of his good friends, he brings him back in this film. And he was also in, uh, episode seven, the force awakens. There are quite a few scenes that I'm going to talk about later that I, I absolutely loved. Uh, this is one scene I really loved. Um, and I, that doesn't really give anything away cause it's seen in the trailer, but just that scene where uh, Ray is waiting as this tie fighter is heading towards her and the way she flips over it and cuts one of the wings off. That was pretty damn badass. It was, really, was really cool. Yeah, that was really cool. Also, I really love the lightsaber fight, um, on the water uh, in the trailer. We don't really see what part or what time in the movie that that takes place. Um, but just watching that and seeing what the stakes were and seeing what the end result of that scene was really great. Um, how about you, Will? 
Well, I loved when, and this is not a spoiler because it is in the trailer, when Lando Calrissian made his appearance. Uh, it was just nostalgic. It was awesome. It was just so good to, I don't know. I love seeing, I love seeing old cast members. I definitely love the lightsaber scene as well, the lightsaber fights uh, between uh, Rey and uh, Kylo Ren. Uh, that was awesome to watch. But I especially loved how they were able to get past footages of Carrie Fisher's performance and weave that in to this film because of her unexpected early passing. Um, I, I thought that they did it beautifully and and you know it, it tugged the heart a little bit because knowing that she was this was supposed to be her film you know this was supposed to be about like her as, as the closing of the saga because obviously the last two films first one was about han then there's then there's gonna be luke and then it's supposed to be leia and and the way they did this I almost, I almost got emotional. I almost definitely got emotional about it. Yeah, so. and I don't think we're giving too much away to, to say that, you know, um, there was a high probability that she would pass in this film. And let's just say that, uh, uh, I don't want to say if she passes or doesn't pass yet, but it, it, it allows the movie-going audiences to pay tribute to Leia's character and to say goodbye to her in a very fitting way. Very beautiful I, way. I, I honestly, yeah, that that for me was the biggest highlight of the film was just how well they did it. Honestly, mm. how well they executed it. Yeah. A lot of respect. A lot yep. of respect. Great. Um, any Okay, we're moving on to themes. Any themes that stuck out to you? What, what do you think that this whole last episode was about for you? Well, I think this movie and everything that this movie was about really encapsulated what the previous eight movies were about. Um, I think there's a huge theme uh, having to do with parents and children, um, you know, fathers and daughters, fathers and sons, or, yes. you know, maybe even in this case, uh, grandfathers and grandchildren, I guess you could say, without giving too much away. The whole idea of, you know, my father's legacy, if it's bad, you know, will I follow in it? If it's bad, can I get away from it? Can I make my own legacy? Or in some cases, like in episode seven, The Force Awakens, um, you know, we have uh, Ben Solo who chooses to turn away from uh, Leia and Han's legacy to forge his own with the dark side. Yep. So this whole idea of running from who you were meant to be, and maybe in some ways, by just by running from who you were meant to be, you're in the process of ultimately becoming who you're meant to be, which is a very big thing in like Greek mythology. Um, so yeah, I, I think in, 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 in one sense, that is a theme of biblical proportions because I mean, the Bible is all about fathers and sons, you know, is it not? And so uh, seeing that here, seeing how it plays out um, was very uh, fun to watch. Uh, a few surprises. Uh, I didn't think the movie would honestly end the way that it did. So mm -hmm. I think that was really great to see. Another big theme that I think this movie explores is that no one is truly lost. They just need to find their way. And yep. I won't say anything more about that theme. How about you, Will? <laughs> I agree. No, I, I basically definitely uh, parenting sons and daughters or what have you, uh, That for that being the stick out. But the biggest thing that stood out to me was that good will still prevail, even, even when all seems lost. There's still hope there and, and you see we see that coming to fruition in a very without giving too much away in a similar way that you that you would notice in the return of the jedi i don't know if that's giving too much away i don't know if that's but i'm just gonna say that that's all 
yeah, it's it's hard for us to expound upon these these thoughts and ideas because we're not in the spoiler filled section yet. But no, uh, yeah, it's we'll be so getting hard. there now. Jeez. I know. Uh, speaking of the spoiler filled section, we'll be getting to that now. So if you um, haven't seen the movie yet, I would stop. I would stop listening to this podcast. Like Go right watch the now. movie literally right now, and then yes. come back to it. Yes. If you so, still listen, forget. It's not our fault. That's your yep. fault for not stopping this you podcast. You have been warned. Let me ask you the first question. When Kylo Ren uh, turns back to becoming Ben Solo and we see Harrison Ford, um, do you think that change was believable? Um, was it set up well? And how do you think that change um, figured into the end of the movie? So with Kylo Ren, I think that we see the struggle and it's it's set up very well because we know the tensions there you know that he's fighting with himself uh to snap out of the dark side and realize that he there's still hope for him that there there is a moment that he can change that he can come back to the light come back to the good side and i think that they did it well uh especially man when 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 han solo made that appearance and uh, after the battles, after the fight scene between Ray, it, it, man, that that also was a great scene to see him utter the words, which I thought was the turning point for his character, where uh, Kylo Ren says, "I don't think I can. I don't think I, I, he's he's you know he's he's dead." So he says that in Episode Seven before he kills his own father, Han Solo, right? Like but he you know, means something else. Yeah. Here he says. Your son is, or he's dead, like he's gone. And and Han Solo looks at him, touches his face, and says, "Kylo Ren is dead, but Ben is alive." And and that was when you knew, okay, yes, it set it up really well because you knew that there's still, there's still hope, and that hope was, uh, it came to fruition. So yeah, I, I think that it did a great job for that turning point. It wasn't cheesy. Yeah, I'd have to, I'd have to agree. Um, I mean, throughout the three movies, as much as he tried to fight it, he was always conflicted um, with, you know, his ties to the light. And uh, we saw from The Last Jedi that he did have a soft spot for mom, you know, and I think that once again plays oh, out huge, here. huge, yeah. huge soft spot, so, yeah. Yeah, when, um, you know, Kylo is about to strike uh, Rey down and then Leia calls out to him from across the universe, across the galaxy, and he hesitates. And then, you know, when Rey uh, stabs him with a saber, you know, we saw that that connection that he tried to get rid of that it was always there and you know of course we see what happens um ray uses the force to heal kylo and then uh ray makes a run for it kylo is left there and uh, you know he knows that this this mortal enemy of his who has always been trying to turn him back to the light has now uh given a part of herself so that he could live and then at that moment you know when he sees han um and you know it's said very clearly that he's not a force ghost like luke is but rather han is in his mind a part of his conscience now and you know they've set this up rather well uh, there was not just one scene or it wasn't just han um that calls uh ben back to the light but a sequence of scenes i would say that uh, kind of leads up to that so when it actually happens for me it was very believable i love seeing Ben Solo at the end go ham on his uh, his old minions, the uh, Knights of Ren. So that was mm. a great scene. Yeah. Um, and then how he figures into the end. So yes, I thought it was very convincing, and it was great to see that happen. Um, and that that was my I will say also that was a bit of concern of mine. Where I, you know obviously my my assumption was Kylo has to come back to the good side. 
Like I, I, I just didn't look at it any other way, and I just was concerned that it was going to be executed. If it, if it was going to be executed, which we know that it, it, it was executed, that they were gonna either do it in a way that it may have just been terrible. I don't know, but I'm glad that they basically proved me wrong, and I, I was, I was really happy to see the result of how that happened because that definitely did an emotional tug with when Han was talking to him in that moment. And let me ask you, what was your favorite shot or scene? Oh, like I said, when Han Solo appeared before Kylo and just so, and just said to him, Kylo Ren is dead, but Ben is alive. Like, man, man, I, I don't know. I'm such a sucker for those kind of father, father, son moments, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I just think Harrison Ford is just a still dashing, good looking man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's funny is, uh, um, so that scene and how it happens and how it's even shot is a direct callback to the scene in the force awakens when, uh, Kylo stabs, um, Han stabs his yeah. father. So the, the context and everything around that scene has changed even where they're standing, but they're still basically standing on what looks like a bridge. And then, you know, a lot of the words that they use are the same when, uh, Kylo says, I know what I have to do, but I don't know if I have the strength to do it. Um, you know, in Force Awakens, it meant something completely different. And to see that being used now, uh, the irony in that, and also just the the writing and how everything was set up was was really great. And then Han got to say those words again, which I love in Empire Strikes Back when Leia says, I love you. And Han says, I know. When Kylo looks at his dad and says, you know, I forgot if he calls him dad or Han, but he's about to say certain words. I don't know if it's, I'm sorry. I don't know if it's, I miss you or I love you. But Han says those words again. Those words that I think Harrison Ford is has made famous. Just I know, you know. Yeah. So I yeah. love that that moment. Um, it was. He a says, great "Dad." Set. I believe. I, I I think if I can recollect, he does say, "Dad." Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. And I think what was interesting though too is the setup for when Kylo obviously comes back to the light, to the good side. You know, it's like there's water everywhere, right? And it's a you know, and it's like crashing waves and it just seems like that that biblical kind of Baptism. analogy of of like being washed away and being forgiven kind of thing mm -hmm. you know yeah so I that's so that that's what see that's yeah that's what yeah. i saw um for me uh, my favorite shot um was or my favorite scene i should say is when luke who is now a force ghost appears uh, to Rey. And, you know, Rey uh, runs away after the fight with Kylo and she doesn't want to face her fate. And uh, she's running from everything that she knows she must do. And she's back on the island where she had originally met Luke. And Luke appears to her and uh, convinces her to, you know, face her fears and do what she knows that she must. And then she says, oh, I, don't, I can't even get there. I don't know where to go. But, you know, Luke provides his X-Wing, uh, we saw in The Last Jedi that his X-Wing was underwater, which was a bit of a callback to Empire Strikes Back. Of when, course. Uh, yeah, when his, uh, his X-Wing fell into the swamp at Dagobah. And then this time, Luke, not Yoda, is the one that elevates the ship out of the water and allows <laughs> Rey to take that to go see um, the Emperor. So uh, what I really loved about this is I, I felt like it really just closed Luke's character arc because in that scene in Empire, in Empire Strikes Back it was his unbelief, his disbelief that kept him from lifting the uh, the plane, from lifting his fighter out of the, the swamp and here uh, in The Last Jedi we see also that it was his unbelief, his lack of faith in people uh, mm -hmm. that has led him to run away and basically shun society and live by himself and carry that guilt of, of what he's done and now to see him encourage Ray 
for him to put hope in her and also for him to lift the plane out of the water. It was as if to say he has now come full circle. He is now uh, the Luke that he was always meant to be. He's now an encourager, not a discourager. He now has belief, a belief in her. Uh, It's not about disbelief in himself or the people around him. So uh, I I love to see that. You know, I think Luke Skywalker is one of the the biggest characters in pop culture history, I would say, next to like Batman and Superman. And to see that moment, and to see him have that that very fatherly advice for Ray. It's was, interesting was really to great. was yeah. interesting as also was you know, you look at the lightsaber and you think when when Ray had Luke's lightsaber, it's like passing the baton. For me, it was the fact that when he rose that X Wing out of the water, that to me was like, Oh, he's passing the baton, but it's an X Wing form to me. Yeah. It's just because he's come for yeah. full circle and now he's able to have her yeah. continue that yeah, legacy. What? When he lifted that that plane out, and then the, when he lifted the fighter out, and then the the Yoda theme from Empire Strikes Back kicks in, it was such a yeah. great moment. Oh, so good, it. so good. Well, speaking of you know love, uh, let's flip it and and then we ask you, what didn't you like about this film? Well, I thought the movie moved very fast, and that was good in terms of you know, of course, we don't want another Irishman on our hands, and we don't want a three and a half hour uh, Star Wars movie. But I would say that I thought it moved too fast in some regard. And yeah. you know, I mentioned it earlier. Uh, there were a few questions that came up that I felt like weren't really addressed. Um, Spill it. Well, okay. So you know, we see that the Emperor has survived his fall um, in from Return of the Jedi, and he has been building a secret armada of Star Destroyers that he wants to <laughs> now like gift to Kylo to destroy what's left of the Resistance. Now, uh, the first thing I was thinking is, where do you get the resources to, to build these <laughs> Star Destroyers? Like, did he like, I don't know. Everyone thought he was dead. Literally, we don't really see anyone else on the the planet that he's been hiding on other than a few like aliens. So did he like, um, I don't know, like will these Star Destroyers into existence using the force? Um, I was just wondering how that came about. Also wasn't a huge fan of the opening Star Wars crawl. Um, I felt like the the wording, the word choice they used was very off. Um, It says, you know, Star Wars comes in. And we hear the the music pop in, and this is episode nine, The Rise of Skywalker. And then the first words that we read after that is, the dead speak, exclamation point. I'm like, what? Who wrote that? Who thought that that should go in the opening crawl for Star Wars? That didn't make any sense for me. And, you know, I, I thought they actually lost a great opportunity for them to explore how the Emperor survived. But, mm. you know, instead we're just told, oh, yeah, he lived and he's been sending radio signals across the galaxy. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> like Morse code. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That that would literally be the equivalent of like Jesus, like you know, getting getting on the TV waves to let everyone know that he's back. That that would be how he announces his return. <laughs> a little oh, weird there. Yeah. How about yeah. you? Okay. So earlier on today, I actually had a good discussion with my friend who is a big Star Wars fan as as well, and we we're trying to figure out like, well, we we're actually discussing just what we didn't like about it. And we both agreed a few issues. The first one was the kiss. The kiss issue between Ray and Kylo because there was, there was no intimate tension throughout the t- trilogy. It made no sense. I, I, I guess I can look at it as, oh, it's just, you know, a pity kiss or I don't know. It just did not make sense because we don't see anything in the previous two films of their relationship growing into anything like that okay so that that was one okay 
the other one was the epic line of Rey saying, I am the last Jedi was not so epic because it seemed to rip off the end game where obviously Thanos goes, I am inevitable. Or when Iron Man says, I am Iron Man. I don't know. It just, that just popped into my mind. Like it was a cheesy rip off in that sense. No, she, well, uh, that's, she says, I am, I am all the Jedi. That's what she says. Or I am all the Jedi. Kind but, of she, thing. but she said, okay, so. It just seemed like it just it just reminded me of 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 Avengers though it was just, it was just so like did they really just rip off that line I, I guess I don't know I just it just kind of seemed like they could have done a different they could have said it something somehow else I guess okay well it's because um, you know Emperor says I am all the Sith I have the powers of everyone that came before me so and then she says oh, well I am all the Jedi so I don't know I, I I thought the context was very different and it wasn't like a one liner because when you know, when Robert Downey Jr. says, I am Iron Man, that's actually a callback to the last words of the first Iron Man film, you know? I don't know, but I well, see where you're coming yeah. from. Yeah, I just feel like it was, it, yeah, the context was there. I'm just saying that it just seemed like it was, that that whole cadence of it was taken from, like, the, the Marvel, you know, right. universe of that. So that's what was the other thing. And in the regards, other, yeah. sorry, go, go ahead. Now, I was going to say in regards to the first point that your friend brought up, I mean, they weren't like playing tonsil hockey. They weren't like making out on, you know, on the floor or anything. <laughs> it, it just was, didn't it make a, sense, though. It was an innocent kiss. I mean, it, it, the, there's two movies worth of, uh, of a connection that they had. And mm-hmm. there was this feeling that they understood each other. I mean, Kylo literally asked Rey to run away with him in the end, at the end of The Last Jedi, right? And then we see their connection here and it's f- further strengthened by the fact that they now have like a terminology for it. They called them a, a dyad in the force. So, uh, I mean, they're connected by a lot more than I think, um, they're connected by a lot more than what, you know, people on the outside saw. And but then not, also- not intimacy. I did no, not get well, like- it's, she, she saved his life. And then sure. uh, she now sees that she was right, that, you know, Ben Solo is back. And that was the person that she was always trying to kind of bring back. And so when he gives his life for her um, and sees that selfless act, I think, I, I don't know, maybe the kiss was the wrong thing. It kind of took me out too. But upon further thought, I was like, well, you know, I don't think it was a romantic kiss. I think it was a thanks kiss i guess you know? i don't know man don't it, know. Was, it was maybe she's slow. italian it was, maybe she it was, was pretty kiss people <laughs> it was pretty slow into me when i saw that well yeah. the funny thing is actually that you point out was when when kylo also sacrifices himself to revive uh ray how is it that he died and she survived when he healed him or when she healed him from the lightsaber stab like that that's where i was like Okay, wait. Does she, is she that much more powerful than him? That he, like when he heals her, like he can't survive it. But when she heals him, she can. Like it, I was like, I don't understand this. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That I thought about that too. Um, I don't know. The only thing I can come up with is you know, I, first off, it's a poetic enough ending, and you know, I'm not gonna. It doesn't take me out of the film. Right. Um, but you know, I, I guess I was thinking is oh, she is. She now has come to realize her full potential. Um, and she literally is the most powerful Jedi slash Sith Lord that was ever lived. And so I'm sure she has a lot more power to kind of pass out. That's how I had to take it. Yeah. I just had to take it that way, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought the funny, the funny version would be like, he dies. So she's like, well, I'm going to bring him 
back, and when he comes back, she dies, and they just go back and forth. <laughs> it's a until, it's like it's yeah. a paradox. No, no, it's like the that Korean guilt thing where it's like you know I'm not going to take the last piece of <laughs> of, of meat on the, on the plate. You know? yeah, it's yeah. like no, yeah. no, I'm not going to let you die for me. I'm going to die for you. No, I'm going to die for no, you. No, 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 die for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that, that one, that was another one too that you just brought up, which, yeah. yeah, And, and the last one, uh, that I was able to, uh, point out or find was like the festival scene. I I, I honestly think that was way too long, uh, of, to, to get to the point of introducing, uh, Lando. Oh, It, it just, it literally reminded me of the casino scene in the last Jedi where it was just, it just didn't seem to be necessary to be that long. And, and how Ray was talking to, you know, I get, okay, I get it. The part where Ray was talking to one of the little aliens. And when the alien says, what is your name? And she says, Ray. And then it says, Ray, what? Obviously that came full circle towards the yeah. end, but I, I just was like, okay, it, it could have just, it could have just been yeah. left there and then move on. Uh, yeah. I, I totally get it. Yeah. But, didn't that scene almost feel like you're watching like a galactic Coachella or like you're at Burning Man or something? I'm just like, like what is so the inspiration the for what's this music festival? It? Yeah, yes. but it, was, it was cool though. I, yeah. I liked it. Yeah. Just it, the visuals were cool, but I, I do agree that maybe that took a little too much time. It's just too much time. It's like, okay, too much time that we could have maybe added those minutes to having a better, like maybe build up to like, you know, how the kiss scene or, or the, or the fight scenes or the battle scenes. I don't know. Like, yeah, got it. Yeah. So okay. that that was my that's my little tidbit right. of of our, our uh, fair of enough my... fair enough. All yeah. right. Next question: Is this a fitting end to the nine part Skywalker saga? Why or why not? First, you will. Like I said, it didn't end as strong as I would have liked in terms of the epic battle scene and the fight between Ray and Palpatine. I, I get like when when Palpatine was like trying to you know kill ray with his electrical power and then ray had her two lightsabers ah i don't know it's i get he's i get i get that he's old and and not capable to maneuver as much but and all he can do is just shoot electricity out of his hands but i don't know it just didn't seem as a great build-up because also when it kept and it was just kind of distracting when they kept going back and forth from the epic battle scene that I didn't really believe was that epic to back to them, mm. you know, cause all she's doing is just countering obviously his, his attack on her. And you can't, you can't be on that shot for very long because it's just going to get boring. Yeah. And then going back to the battle scene, which was all basically how they say it was civilians and just people coming in. I would have focused more on at least other characters that were helping the fight the epic battle scene to i don't know get more tension going but it was just a lot of wide shots movement blowing up these the 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 star destroyer cannons and i was like okay i get it let's okay let's move on yeah yeah i mean i feel you what i thought would have been a lot cooler is at the end um you know when ray is down and then we hear the voices of uh characters from star wars past when they tell her to rise i always thought people actually laughed some people actually laughed in theater i actually thought it would have been better if you know like in uh you know harry potter the deathly hallows when he quote unquote (laughs) dies and he sees like all the people from his life and they appear to him um Oh, oh sorry. that would yeah. have been so much better, actually. Yeah. Now that I think yeah. about that. Well, oh, wow. And, and that scene was a little different. So, so let me backtrack. So what I was kind of hoping would happen is, you know, right before Harry Potter knows that he has to meet his uh, destiny and die, uh, he kind of, we kind of go into his head and then he meets all the people that have had a big influence on his life. I thought it'd been really cool to, to oh, have that yeah. happen here. That would have been so much better. 
Well, I mean, at the same time, I, I mean, I don't think they should have been ripping off Harry Potter. And I know that the scenes were a little different. So, you know, I, I, just a little quip. I, I thought, you know, that it could have been a lot more effective in that way. Sure, yeah. sure. But I think I think that it would have at least brought back that emotion of nostalgia as well if she and, and maybe it doesn't have to be in her head maybe because obviously these are all the all the characters are the are one with the force now and and if if they were have been like her looking up and, and just starting to see if she can really win this battle that she does see the force of like yoda obi-wan all these people just like telling like you know like you, you like what do they say like you can like 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 you we are, yeah. we're with you, you know, or even seeing Ben Solo at the end when uh, she looks up and she sees um, Luke and Leia outside of Luke's old home on Tatooine. I thought it would have been nice to, to kind of cut, to see Ben come full circle, but maybe that would have been too cheesy. But yeah, I, I mean, um, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I actually I, I would have been OK with that. I would have been OK with that if, they, yeah. if Ben came or show, yeah. was shown also. Yeah, I thought that things were wrapped up as good as they could have been. I'm going to say a few things. I'm going to get on my soapbox here and kind of talk about what I'm thinking. So for most people, Star Wars was their childhood. And we're talking anyone that was born in the 70s all the way up until now. I mean, we're talking about nine Star Wars movies, multiple TV shows, and then other movies that expanded on the Star Wars universe happening for, I don't know, the last, what, 40, 50 years. So for all of us, there's this huge level of nostalgia. But unfortunately, people today are far different than the people in the early you know, 80s or the late 70s you know there was no internet back then and people just kind of watched movies for entertainment and they kind of took the film as it was told and they didn't ask the question oh it could have been better this way oh i like this i would they should have done this with that and it's like after eight films with so much buildup to end this huge pop culture phenomenon on the right note there's absolutely zero way zero percent chance that this could happen um first off there's no such thing as pleasing your entire audience uh, maybe there could have been 30 40 years ago uh, i mean so after we saw the movie i went on reddit i looked around a little bit and it was the same thing like oh i can't, i love this i didn't like that they should have done this oh i can't believe ben died oh i don't like the way that he died and they're literally analyzing every little thing and thinking to them themselves about how certain things could have been made better and can anyone just watch a movie and just accept it for what it is anymore as a great no. piece of entertainment no never exactly <laughs> so with that being said i thought they did as good a job as possible to close it out i thought all of the loose ends were tied um was the film fair to ryan johnson um yes and no i think it kind of went away went against some of the ideas, some of the themes that he was trying to bring out in The Last Jedi. It was almost as if they're trying to course correct a little bit since fans really didn't like that film. But yeah, I, I was very pleased with this film and I thought it was a great ending. Um, so with that being said, final review of the film, Will, what do you give it out of five stars? 3.5. They didn't have to hesitate. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> 3.5 as well. Not exactly a four star movie. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I'm like kind of surprised. I'm kind of surprised about that from you. Yeah, a three and a half is still a really, really good film. I'd say. I mean, is it a four star Oscar contender? No, but it was a really, really good, enjoyable film with a lot of great moments. So I think three point five out of five is you know right where it should be. That was a look at Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. We're gonna go on a brief break. Um, so go ahead and uh, take a piss, get some water, because that's what <laughs> I'm gonna do. Anyway, we're going to go on break. That was a look at The Rise of Skywalker. And we will come back to you with our top six favorite Star Wars movies slash TV shows. Stay tuned. 
Before we go on break, we wanted to share with you all about our friends at SBR, aka Shouting from the Back Row. Typically, Cliff and Joe, the hosts, take sports topics and mesh them with nerd and pop culture in an attempt to create something informative and entertaining. These guys have been my friends for quite a while, and they offer some very unique perspectives on what's happening in the sports world, especially in the NBA. So if you'd like to hear more about how Russell Westbrook is like Killmonger or why Magic Johnson is the Michael Scott of the NBA, check out the SBR podcast. Just search Shouting from the Back Row wherever you get your podcasts, or you can find them on Facebook at facebook.com slash sbrpod. Thanks. Like, pick a man, bring your kit. I hoped today might be a good day. Hope is a dangerous thing. You have a brother in the 2nd Battalion. Yes, sir. They're walking into a trap. Your orders are to deliver a message calling off tomorrow morning's attack. If you fail, it will be a massacre. Let's talk about this for a minute. Why? We've got orders to cross here. That is the German front line. If we're not clever about this, no one will get to your brother. I will. And we're back. That was the trailer for the film 1917, which we were releasing on December 25th, Christmas Day. I am super excited for that film. Cannot wait for that film to come out. But right now, we're going to go into our top six Star Wars movies slash TV shows. Myron, what is your number six? Well, before I even get to number six, I have to say I'm going to cheat a little bit and throw in an honorable mention. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, there's so many Star Wars uh, TV shows and movies out there. I had to just try to squeeze one more in. My honorable mention is for The Mandalorian. Um, I'm sure that after a few seasons, it would be ranked a lot higher on my list. But so far, we've only gotten a small taste of what's to come. Every episode, you could definitely see that it's high budget, uh, gorgeous visuals. And uh, there's a quite a bit of nostalgia as well. We know that the show takes place right after Return of the Jedi. So the stormtroopers have their old school uniforms on. Um, in one of the episodes, we see X-Wings. And I feel like the show really does a good job, um, not only kind of calling back to the original trilogy, but also um, some of the other movies. In one of the more recent episodes, uh, I saw the stormtroopers that were in full black, much like the ones that we saw in Rogue One. So that was really cool. And uh, I feel like what the show does really well is it takes full advantage of the fact that we can't see the Mandalorian's face. So whatever he says, whatever he does, whatever he doesn't do, we're always wondering what he's thinking. Mm. Um, you know, at the same time, some might say that's a big flaw of the show is that, you know, we can't sense any emotion from him. But I mean, he's a bounty hunter, right? So he, uh, we can judge him by his actions and his actions are definitely bold in this, um, in this show. Don't forget Baby Yoda, the... Uh, Which is not really Baby Yoda, okay? I hear okay. that it's not yes. Yoda yet. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Once again, so uh, <laughs> lots of controversy here, but we all just call him Baby Yoda because we don't know where Baby Yoda's from. So <laughs> what else are we going to call him, right? <laughs> That's true. That is anyway, true. you know, I think it's every director's dream to get to play in the Star Wars sandbox and uh, John Favreau, great relationship with Marvel and with Disney, uh, got to be the main producer, uh, writer of several episodes. And I 
believe, basically the main showrunner for uh, The Mandalorian. So I'm sure he's having a hell of a time playing in his little sandbox here. It's also great to see certain actors uh, turn up on the show. Uh, great to see Apollo Creed, Carl Weathers. And a few of the episodes, also just seeing uh, Ming-Na from the original Mulan movie. Uh, she voiced Mulan. And seeing Werner Herzog. Werner Herzog, or as they say in German, Werner Herzog. Did I get that right, <laughs> Will? No? Uh, but anyway, the, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the famed eccentric director slash actor Werner Herzog <laughs> makes an appearance. It's great to see that. <laughs> anyway, that was my honorable mention. Yes. So, yes, now, man, What's, you were sp- speaking like a true Star Wars fan right here. So we got the honorable mention. Yeah. Definitely awesome. But let's get into the actual number six now. All what right. is it? And to follow up my honorable mention, I'm going to talk for a little bit longer here. Uh, my number six is episode three, Revenge of the Sith. Yes, I have to admit, I am an episode three apologist. Now, I know mm. a lot of people have hated the prequels, but honestly, this was by far the best um of the three movies it actually got reviews much higher than even the rise of skywalker and i have to say that i feel like this is a movie that exhibits storytelling on a grand huge big scale Hmm. um we know what's coming right we know that anakin will turn to the dark side but the way it plays out it's literally like a shakespearean tragedy um just to see how Anakin turns and to see what happens. Yeah, there are a few plot holes. Yes, there are a ton of really, really bad lines. <laughs> I was literally thinking this movie might work better on mute <laughs> or just with no dialogue. Maybe it'd be a good silent film. And just, you know, if we were just to hear John Williams' score, maybe that would be better. But overall, I think this movie was great in that, you know, we know that uh, from episode one to episode three, from point A to point B, let's say you have to travel 100 miles. After episodes one and two, I, I only felt like we've gone 30 or 40 miles of that journey. So in one final movie, they were able to travel the entire rest of that distance, tie up a lot of loose ends. And, you know, of course, at the end, we get to see Darth Vader. And when I saw him for the first time, I, I got the chills. So um, that is my number six. I actually consider that a much better film than Return of the Jedi. I'm probably going to get some hate mail for that one, but I'm prepared for it. So going back to you, what is your number six? The Phantom Menace. Why? Mm. I just really love the fights in between Darth Maul, Qui-Gon Jinn, and Obi-Wan. I hated Jar Jar Binks, but that fight scene was like a fight scene that I basically reenacted with friends. Were you Darth? Heck yeah, it was. Are you kidding me? That double lightsaber? Did you uh, own the double lightsaber? The one that twisted, if you twisted it, then the things popped out? Did you own that? No, I, I just got a long piece of wood out in the forest and I just pretended it was a lightsaber because I couldn't, I couldn't afford it back then. <laughs> <laughs> That's so ghetto. That's like how like... <laughs> it's when, it's no, no, literally like it's also, I, I'm, I don't have no shame in it. I used to get branches and break it but barely where like it's still hanging on and use it as nunchucks <laughs> i mean don't you remember those days did you no? watch the did you no <laughs> no just me no. okay i i have the actual nunchucks will <laughs> just kidding <laughs> and this is coming from an average like appreciative fan of star wars yeah. it, it was literally such an amazing scene that i i just couldn't stop watching over and over again mm, yeah so it's definitely great did you know darth maul didn't die at the end of episode one Yep, because I actually saw the comic and uh, how like he survived, 
Have yeah. did you did you see it too? Did you hear yeah. about it or read about it? Yeah, yeah. And we'll actually I think come back to that a little more in uh, one of my other picks. I I really they I feel like they should make another episode but with Darth Maul like a film with Darth Maul like about Darth Maul's survival and I'm pretty sure the idea has been tossed around actually he's either such a, a TV good show character. or a movie yeah I love his character yeah so but yeah that was that's simple as it gets for for me for number six Phantom Menace what what's your number five number five I'm cheating once again <laughs> I am uh, clumping all of the animated uh, Star Wars shows together that's so, okay he, yeah totally fine. Well, I'm breaking the rules, but hey, rules no are judgment to be here. Yeah. No judgment, unless people, you know, hate mail. You guys, I'm telling you, just go and send it to Myron. Okay. Yes, do that. Make sure his name's on it, so he can't forward it to me, thinking that it's for me. No, it's going to be I'll for still, Myron. I'll still forward it to you. I'll just edit the <laughs> the subject line or something. <laughs> yeah. So I'm including Star Wars Rebels as well as the Clone Wars. Now I have to say that the cartoons, uh, in terms of dialogue, was better written than the original prequels. Uh, the voice character work is incredible uh the anakin skywalker in the clone wars is far cooler and way more badass than hayden christensen ever was in the mm-hmm. prequels mm-hmm. and uh, i just love that uh they got to explore uh these cool new characters as well as re- revisit some old ones and just to see what they do in their adventures so let me backtrack a little bit um after the uh, original trilogy was released episodes four or five and six uh there was a series of books written a lot of books actually and it kind of took us on a journey to see what happened with han luke and leia and in the books we see that han and leia had three jedi kids uh jason jaina and they named their third anakin and we see luke marry uh, a former emperor's assassin in the dark side uh, mara jade so the story just kind of kept evolving kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and when disney bought out star wars they had to make a decision uh, we're going to make some new movies uh, we have to make a call here are we going to let's say um, adapt the books into the movies they decided to uh, make their own original stories of course but mm-hmm. then they had to make a decision what is now included in the star wars universe that you know in the world that we're using in the world that we're going to tell stories from so they created something called star wars canon they left the books out but then they included the tv show so everything you watch on these cartoons are actually taking place and fit into the history of the nine star wars movies now a few cool things here is that there were uh, some characters that were so popular that Disney decided to bring them into Star Wars canon. There is, of course, Grand Admiral Thrawn, which we have seen in Star Wars Rebels. Uh, wasn't supposed to be a part of the main Star Wars canon, but he was so popular, um, they actually introduced him as one of the main villains. Also, we got to see Darth Maul show up again in uh, in several episodes. We yes. see that he survived the fall and the fight with Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, long enough to um, you know meet his eventual demise. Of course, Darth Vader makes his return in Star Wars Rebels as well. Yeah, that's it for me. That's Star Wars Rebels slash The Clone Wars. That's my number five. What's yours? I I have to say, I appreciate how much you're geeking out on this. I just have (laughs) such a more of appreciation for people who are such a fan in comparison to myself. So I was just a lonely, awkward kid. So I read a lot (laughs) when I was younger. (laughs) Did you have thick glasses too? I did. But LASIK fixed that. <laughs> yes, it <laughs> if, did. If you guys need a good LASIK doctor, 
email me. I'll, I'll send you over to the best one. <laughs> oh, I thought you were about to put in a plug. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, they, have, they have to pay for that here, Will. That's <laughs> this <is> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my number five is The Force Awakens. Hmm. And reason being is because I, I, I thought it was a great start to the sequel of the Star Wars trilogy. Uh, it was nostalgic, and, and I just loved how they were bringing back some of the beloved actors. And I, I think I, I think that J.J. Abrams did a did a good job setting the foundation with a strong new cast. Um, minus Finn grew on me, but at first I was kind of tentative with him. But I, I other than that, I thought it was a great uh, great foundation. So simple as that. I mean. Yeah. What about you? What's your number four? My number four is your number five, episode seven, The Force Awakens. Uh, this movie is literally nostalgia times a thousand. I watched the trailer when mm. Han Solo comes on board the Millennium Falcon and says, Chewie, we're home. I must have seen that trailer like a hundred times, just waiting for this movie to come out. Um, it was just the perfect way to kick off a new trilogy. Um, Lawrence Kasdan wrote the script and uh if any of you are familiar, he also wrote uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. He also wrote Empire Strikes Back as well as Return of the Jedi. So I think they picked the right guy to come in and write the film. I know, I know I believe Michael Arndt and J.J. Abrams also worked on the script. But uh, I think the writers in this uh, for I think the writers here were between a rock and a hard place, as was J.J. Because you want to um, bring in new fans and also bring back the old fans. Um, you want everyone to be pleased and happy. And you know that you can't just trust in your old characters. You have to introduce new ones. So how they were able to uh, meet those challenges, I thought it was very, uh, uh, I thought they did a great job. I mean, yes, the storylines were pretty much rehashed and recycled from previous Star Wars movies. I mean, Starkiller Base was basically a third Death Star, right? The only difference is that it was like built into the side of a planet. But I mean... They gave us what we wanted and they introduced new people to us. And it was that ignition that uh, kind of started the engine for the rest of the trilogy. So great film. Uh, very well done. And that was my number four. So what is your number four? So my number four is episode six, The Return of the Jedi. Uh, I thought the, the plot twists between Luke and Leia being related and the struggle between son and father pulling different directions of good and evil was awesome. Uh, I loved that Darth Vader showed he had a heart for his son and turned his turned on his own mentor, which goes to show that even after going through all the dark side did to him, that good still prevails. Um, it, it definitely basically executed what, what Lucas's vision in general was for Star Wars, and that was to be optimistic fun and and just that light at the end of the tunnel um so yeah that was my number four got and it, got it. good choice yours yes uh my number three is a uh, rogue one a star wars story um there have mm. been two movies that took place within the star wars universe um that are at the same time outside of the uh, trilogies uh, I know there have only been two, but you know this one is miles better, in my opinion, than the Han Solo movie. In terms of the making of the original Star Wars, um, George Lucas said that he wanted space to look worn out. Like he wanted the ships to look dirty. He wanted everything to almost be covered in a layer of dirt. And I felt like that was extremely evident here in this movie. It literally looked like the rebels haven't showered in months, right? And yeah. they're, they're hiding out. Their ships look dirty. Their technology looks old. 
and just seeing the start of the resistance and seeing what the stakes were. And I mean, we know how it ends. We know the good guys are going to succeed in getting the plans to the Death Star um, because otherwise episode four wouldn't happen. But just seeing how that journey came about and seeing the sacrifice made at the end of this also amazing to see Darth Vader and that guy just went ham at the end (laughs) and I love how they tied this movie just right into uh, A New Hope and a funny little thing is that that scene where Darth Vader just comes in just you know unleashes on the rebels wasn't even in the the original script it came about in rewrites so I would say you know this is one time where someone coming in and rewriting and create adding some new scenes to existing material really worked out well so that was my number three what is your number three? Very nice. My number three, episode five, Empire Strikes Back. And honestly, what made this film for me was when Yoda was introduced. Uh, as as notable for being one of the most powerful Jedis, I, I saw that it was interesting to witness such a stark contrast to what we deem as powerful in such a small alien. It's it's so interesting. The the love story also between Han and Leia finally ending up kissing, you know, even if it was for like a brief moment and uh, obviously the classic plot twist of Luke, I am your father. Uh, I thought that was awesome too. So, so let me ask you this. When you said Luke, I am your father, the first time you saw this movie, did you know that he was Luke's father? No, no, no? not at all. It, okay. I think... Reading articles uh, of that with Lucas um, and how he wanted to kind of unravel that for that moment, it was brilliant. I was like, oh, my gosh. That yeah. So did you think he was, awesome. was if you didn't actually know what came after, did you think he was lying or do you think that did you think, oh, did you believe him when he said that? I honestly believed him. I whether or not like if Lucas were to change that around or or his other writers I wanted to believe that because I thought having an evil father and and a good son and just the journey in what that looks like for the future man what a story like that to me got me excited so I wanted to believe that I I believed it because I wanted it I wanted that to happen which I'm glad it did Interesting. Yeah. Very cool. So what is your number two? My number two is episode four, A New Hope, uh, the movie that started it all. I think there is more imagination in this film, uh, quite potentially, than any of the movies that came out in the last decade put together. I mean, this Mm. entire world, the mythology was all created in one man's head. And it's interesting because... When he was trying to create this myth by, uh, or create this mythology, create the film, um, no one really thought this movie was going to go anywhere. Um, there are all these stories from the set where the uh, crew was basically cracking jokes behind George Lucas's back. The actors thought it would be a joke and that this would be like a blip on their film resume. It's been uh, quoted by multiple sources that Harrison Ford told George Lucas, George, you can write this shit, but we can't act it. <laughs> he was talking about the dialogue there. And yeah. Yeah. You know, this movie was, uh, it was lightning in a bottle. Um, you know, I don't know how good it would have been received if the music wasn't there, but the performances, you know, hello, Harrison Ford, the, um, seeing Darth Vader come through that door, seeing, uh, just the X-Wing fighters, uh, flying through space and attacking the Death Star at the end, this movie, it still holds up, you know, like when I see the fights, I mean, it looks cooler now, of course, but it still holds up. You know, the energy Mm. is there. Maybe it's just nostalgia. Maybe when I play this movie for my son, when he's old enough to watch it, maybe he'll say, Dad, it looks fake. But to me, it looks real still. So that is my number two, A New Hope. 
What is your number two? My number two is same. A New Hope, episode four. Uh, and just like how you said, it, it it's it's what started it all. And it was a for the time it was a completely fresh concept of a space fantasy film and yes. it defied Hollywood due to its groundbreaking literally the, its groundbreaking visual effects for the time. I appreciate about that even though I wasn't born, you know, during during that time it was just great to see that man Hopefully this becomes an inspiration for any other future filmmakers and whatnot to really dig deep and and take risks and and really try to tell another epic original story. Hmm. So hmm. that that's what you know. Yeah. All right. Now we're winding down to our Topics. number one. Yep. Yep. My number one is episode five. The Empire Strikes Back. Obi Wan never told you what happened to your father. He told me enough. He told me you killed him. No. I am your father. No. No. It's not true. That's impossible. Search your feelings. You know it to be true. I mean, this is tops on a lot of people's lists when you ask them what their, uh, you know, favorite films are from the Star Wars, uh, from the, from the Star Wars world. For me, this is the first movie I ever remember seeing. So, mm. you know, before I had even gone to a theater, um, I think I was like four years old and my parents just bought a VCR. And, uh, this is when like, you know, rental houses just opened up. And I remember my sister rented Empire Strikes Back and we were watching it and I was like four years old and then I saw Darth Vader and I was like oh my gosh and he let's just say he haunted my dreams for <laughs> many 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 years uh, the dream started out where I was like hiding from him and then towards the end when I started growing up he had his lightsaber and I was fighting him with a baseball bat <laughs> I literally had <laughs> dreams like this so does that also mean that you were afraid of samurais <sighs> quite possibly yes mm, I think okay. the, the, their hair bothers me samurais Mm, got it makes sense yeah especially tom cruise (laughs) as a samurai that that vision is horrifying (laughs) but so uh, all this to say the movie has a quiet brings back a lot of memories for me but at the same time um this movie took some serious risks i mean star wars took risks but then when it came time for the sequel they didn't just sit back they really pushed the story and you know, um, just having this, like you brought it up best, uh, this all-powerful master of the force is this tiny little, you know, blue-green character voiced by the dude that voiced Gonzo, you know, mm-hmm. Frank Oz. So that is a total turn from left field. Like today, if someone tried to get that through, uh, you know, like a studio, I don't think that would fly. I think the studio would give them notes and eventually say, no, Yoda's going to be an eight foot tall giant played by Arnold Schwarzenegger or something, you know, but just yeah. at the time, a uh, daring choice. And then of course, cliffhanger of movie history, quite possibly when Darth Vader says, Luke, I am your father. I didn't believe it at the time. Um, you know, but you know, it turns out it was true and we saw how that came about in, um, you know, in the prequels and we saw how that concluded in Return of the Jedi. So big risks, great filmmaking, still my favorite of all nine films. Yeah. 
Yes, 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 yes. And what is your number one? My favorite number one is the standalone film, apart from the Skywalker saga, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. Our rebellion is all that remains to push back the Empire. You think you might be able to help us? When was the last time you were in contact with your father? What is this? It appears he is critical to the development of a super weapon. If my father built this thing, we need to find him. All right. How many do I need? They are requesting a call sign. It's, um, Rogue. Rogue One. It was just so refreshing to see a different group of characters and the sacrifices they made to fulfill the bigger picture of the story. I think it did an amazing job with the production design, the wardrobe as well, as you stated earlier, keeping the period of the saga consistent. And, and even though, like, you know, I mean, we have better, better cameras, better production and all that stuff, they, they still stay true to making sure that the feel of that time was consistent. Um, it felt new, but also was true to A New Hope, you know? Yeah, it was just a clearer, it's like you're you're watching it with with clearer glasses, you know, uh, for for what the time period was set in that time, uh, in that in that moment. And I just thought Gareth Edwards just did a great job with the yeah, film. Uh, he did. Just, I don't know what it was, but the fact that, you know, we always joke around about when we talk about, spoiler alert, everyone dies. No, yeah, this film literally... <laughs> Everyone dies. Surprise. <laughs> and I thought, what a freaking amazing, what a freaking amazing ending. That to me, for me, what it, what, it, what an epic battle slash end scene looks like is that where it's just, it, it's just everyone involved sacrificing themselves yeah. to, to, to save the day. You know, you're not um, the first person I spoke with that are huge, that I know you said you're just an average fan, but there are some huge Star Wars fans that I know that said this is their favorite movie as well. So Wow. Yeah. Wow. Great, great. I'm film. glad I'm not alone. All right. We just gave you a review of Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. It is now playing in wide release. I mean, like really, really, really wide release. <laughs> Probably like five or six screens per theater. Um, so yeah, get your butts out there. It's worth a watch. I think we can both agree on that. And also we presented our top six Star Wars films slash TV shows. If you, once again, if you have any feedback, comments, suggestions, go ahead and email us at thepodfellaspodcast at gmail.com. We'll be back next week with a new episode, starting our look at the top 10 films of 2019. Have a great week. We'll see you soon. Bye. Take care, everyone. Later. <laughs>